Hi, you're listening to Plug In to Grow, a food and urban agriculture podcast that helps raise awareness about local food and environmental issues in the region of Peel. The Plug In to Grow podcast is hosted by the Young Urban Growers, a group of youth leaders from the region of Peel who are empowering our communities to take action to build sustainable food systems. My name is Raf, and today I am joined with Iwana, who is a food mentor with the Young Urban Growers. And today we are talking about Indigenous food and culture. So Iwana, why was this a topic you and the Young Urban Growers wanted to explore? First of all, I think that there is a connection between Indigenous peoples and their way of life and uh, the environment. For example, I was just at an Indigenous water ceremony a few days ago and in some of these water ceremonies and other ceremonies that they perform, the person performing the ceremony gives thanks to living beings that are on this earth, so plants, animals, and other living beings. So I do think that there's a connection there. So recently, you and a few other volunteers had the opportunity to meet Terrilyn Brent, um, who is Mohawk Turtle Clan, lives at Uh, Six Nations in Grand River Territory, and she is the owner and operator of Mohawk Seed Keeper Gardens. And the two of you had a conversation at her garden about her business and the role food plays in her life in the broader Indigenous culture. And I'm really excited to hear what you talked about, so let's tune in. We wanted to ask you, when did you first start gardening or farming? I've been doing it my whole life. I was raised on a farm, so I've been doing it my whole life. Okay. So 60 years ago. And you live here on the Nations Reserve? Yes. Do you consider yourself a farmer? Or no, a gardener? doesn't matter what I'm doing, 50 feet or 50 acres, I'm just a gardener. How did Mohawk Seakeeper's Garden came about? Uh, Just because of request, I had so many people ask me to teach them how to garden and do things the old way, so... I just decided to start another bigger public garden with a little bit more easy access because they have lots of gardens around the community. So I just had this spot here and started clearing it about five years ago. How did you start Mohawk Seakeeper's Garden? Just started gardening here at this spot and I just gave it a name, (laughs) basically. What do you think are the biggest challenges that you face as a farmer or a gardener? Well, I just say you're always fighting the weather and the soil. It's always the, the change and the climate change and all those kinds of things. So anything to do with the natural environment um, affects what you do every day. Winds, anything, anything you're doing. Pollution. So all those, those are the biggest challenges that we face. I know that food plays an important role in indigenous tradition and culture. What do you think that role is and why do you think, what do you think food means for the community? The importance of food in uh, traditional foods within our community and by tradition that's kind of a funny word to use because it doesn't really have a definition so it means a lot of things to a lot of people but what yes. I'm talking about is the indigenous foods of the Six Nations people uh, that we've had since before the European contact so yes. those specific types of foods and things that we have are um, already regionalized to withstand the climate in this area so we just try to keep that going even though we're facing climate change every year that we plant them and we try new techniques and working with them we try to enhance that but as we go through um, we're also trying to educate people and to get them to return to stop opening a can and trying to uh, grow a little bit on their own or at least harvest from local other gardeners that they know and things like that because different foods provide different things 
Um, most indigenous foods are darker foods in color, things like that, because they're more nutritious. The berries, the fruits, the darker the color, you know, the more vitamins and antioxidants and all those things that it has in it. So food plays a really important role. And once you move away from that, um, that hereditary diet that your people have had for gazillion years, yes. um, and you introduce a new diet, then you're really changing and fighting. You know, maybe we will accept that new diet, but you know, it's going to be, again, another zillion years from now before we can accept it. Do you think farming has played a big impact on your life? Has it helped you connect to your tradition and culture? I guess I would have to say, yeah, um, agriculture and Haudenosaunee people are the basis for everything that they do. Um, they are an agricultural people. As a society, they, they follow the agricultural yes. year. There's always something to be doing in honoring. So every ceremony, every moon is attached to the agricultural year. There's always something. Even if it's in the you know dead of winter, there's a, still an agricultural ceremony that has to be done. So it just follows that it just helps us fulfill the responsibility as an indigenous people that we were given by the Creator. Uh, and that's why we put those ceremonies through. And we believe that when if we ever stop putting those ceremonies through, then we won't be able to uh, continue in our existence. Going mm. back to Mohawk Sea Keeper's Garden, what do you envision for this place and this, um, the garden? Well, one of the things that I don't really think that I envision anything, I just keep doing and working along and I say, well, I need, I need a place, I need a seed bank, I need a place to store seeds, I need a place, a space to harvest and process indigenous foods in the old ways. I need a place to be able to tell people, come on in, I can show you, I can teach. You know, so as I find a need, then I start building or making or trying to fill that need. And sometimes it gets a little more elaborate than <laughs> I originally planned. I thought, you know, so that's how we kind of get there. So whenever there's a need, um, too much uh, stuff in the world occurs just because of want. So I don't, I try not to focus on what I want to have. I want to focus on what I need to have so that uh, it becomes simpler, simpler way of life, simpler things uh, and Generally, better treatment of the earth when you just kind of the simpler things are. When you get too complex, that's when you start moving away from that responsibility of enhancing the earth and living with it as opposed to on it. So, what advice would you want to share with the Plenty Grow podcast youth that might be listening in and the community who would like to live a more sustainable and practice reconciliation? Well, first of all, um, I, I, just to share the point that uh, there's no choice here. There's no choice to decide. You think you have a choice now to live sustainable or not. There's no choice. You are at the end of the earth existence in your world, in this world, in this time frame. You're at the end. So what's your choice? It's basically die or smarten up. I mean, you only got two choices, right? So we always hope for a good a good outcome in things, and, and you want to give youth all that hope. But when, you know, you say I'm like sitting just, okay, my world focuses around a video game or going to the movies or shopping, that's not going to be sustainable, even in their lifetime, because now things are getting so expensive, you just can't do those things. So I think they have to really uh, basically, you know, stop and think, how is it that I'm going to exist? How am I going to keep going? And if I don't want to keep going, what's the alternative to that? And it's, it's a gloomy alternative if you're not going to, you know, just get that, get your head around the idea that you have to stop and start and help. And the simplest ways are just doing those darn things your grandma told you. Shut the lights off when you're not using them. Close the door. Yes. Put it garbage where it belongs. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's those basic principles that 
probably your grandmother is yelling at you to do all the time, you know, like a lot of them. Some people want to go a little bit farther, and that's good and important. And they just have to say in their own space because everybody looks to their own space and somehow always thinking it's not good enough, right? They, oh, I wish I had a cottage on a lake and all this and this pristine. Well, not everybody's going to have the cottage on the lake. And even those that do have it generally have pretty been pretty abusive to it, right? So you have to look at your own space, where you are. And if you don't like it, then do something about it. You know, if you want it green, then make it green, right? If you want to put in a garden, then figure out a way. You know, youth have a lot of uh, tremendous opportunities uh, to learn, to try, and fail. And nobody cares, you know, like the, the youth, if you make a mistake, that's what you're supposed to. You're young, right? But you're going to learn from that mistake, and the next time you're going to do it better. And by the time you get older, people are going to look and say, hey, did you see what he figured out? That's really awesome. And that's how it happens. That's how every... Every project dream starts and goes along, you know, and because uh, there's always that Beatles song, you know, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Like, that's a really important thing to have a dream. And to, if you don't like what you got, do something about it. But appreciate that little spot on earth that you've been given, no matter what it looks like. Appreciate it and make it better when you leave. In conclusion, anything else you would like to share with us or talk about? I think it nowadays people are, um, uh, number one, they have to get themselves to a simpler life. They own too much crap, right? Challenge yourself, as they say, there's all kinds of them out there, like try to go one month without buying a new item. Even one, and it sounds silly, but you try. A lot of people can't, can't do that, you know? Back to school, do you really have to have 15 outfits to go back to school? And do they all have to be labeled and all that kind of stuff? You know, make it a crazy, like, no, like, I've and tell your friends, I'm making a conscious decision to reuse some of my clothes. Or I'm going to, you know, set up a, a, a booth and we're going to share our clothes. So it may not be new to me, brand new to me, but it's new to me. You know what I mean? So we have to really, I think you have a good opportunity to uh, get involved in some of the things that, that moves moves things around as opposed to rebuying and throwing out rebuying and throwing out because we're not a throwaway society anymore and we can't be so we have to i think that's kind of some of the things that they can could work on as again i say trying to improve you know and that that those challenges amount how much water like you don't need to stand in the shower for 20 minutes and that just one thing that irks me so much is the amount of water i see people waste you know like Really think about those simple things in, in, that you're doing every day. It can have a tremendous effect. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today and interviewing with us. We really appreciate all the interesting things you've been saying. You're Iwana, what a great conversation that you had with Terilyn. I'm really glad that we were able to tune into that. Um, what's something new that you learned or something that you're going to take away from this conversation? I really enjoyed speaking with Terry Lynn in that interview and I really like how she gave uh, some tips or examples of some action students can take or youth can take in their own communities. For example, in a school they can organize a clothes swap, which is something really simple. Yeah, yeah. She had a lot of great tips for uh, youth and community who want to live more sustainably. And I loved how at the end she was speaking about how, you know, if we want to create more sustainable communities, we really have to start acting now and that we don't really have a choice 
not to act now because we are running out of time. And I like how she kind of tied that back into food systems and highlighted the importance of um, indigenous food systems in the broader food systems in the region of Peel and just in general. Iwana, thanks so much for having this conversation with Tara Lynn, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about Tara Lynn and the Mohawk Seed Keepers, visit seedkeeper.ca. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Urban Growers from Ecosource, an environmental education nonprofit based in Mississauga, Ontario. The Plug Into Grow podcast is generously supported by the Ontario Trilling Foundation and Talus Friendly Futures Foundation. Visit ecosource.ca to learn more and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Ecosource Green. Now let's go plant some seeds in our community. Mm-hmm.